that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Well, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant, it's just that they know so much that isn't so. Welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we discuss the current events from a pastor's perspective. I am Wade Lentz, pastor at Barrel Baptist Church in Bologna, Arkansas, and I'm joined by my co-host, Pastor Harold Smith. Harold, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. It's good to visit with you this morning. We're looking forward to a great episode. We're going to be talking about uh, this subject of religious liberty and, uh, you know, knowing what, uh, what's going on in our country today, especially in California and specifically Grace Community Church. I, I was wondering if you could kind of give us an update of what's going on there. Yeah, and, and I think if you haven't been following this story, you're not really going to understand what's going on. So I think it would probably be best for me just to kind of lay out what's been taking place since the, the COVID lockdowns in California. Prior to COVID, just to give you an idea of the size of Grace Community Church, they typically ran around 8,000 people on sun, any Sunday morning. That was their average church attendance. So this is a large church in basically a couple of miles from Hollywood in, in L.A., essentially greater L.A., Well, on March 19th, the governor of California issued a mandatory statewide, what he called a stay-at-home order. In other words, a statewide lockdown. So any non-essential business was forbidden from opening. Of course, you know, if if you're not keeping up with the religious news, you saw Nancy Pelosi getting her hair done at a salon that was supposed to be closed and all the uproar from that. However, Nancy was not fined or anything for her breaking of that law. So this went into, into effect March 19th. By mid-July, the LA Health Department had decided to target Grace Community Church, and they went in and did a surprise inspection of their coffee shop. And the elders and the staff were still going to the church, you know, preparing for the Sunday services that they were doing online. And so if you've never been to Grace Community Church, it's basically a church, a college, a seminary, a school, um, it's it's all of this packed into one big campus. And so this coffee shop was kind of where everyone ate while they were working there. And so the, uh, the L.A. County Health Department went in and shut them down for no hot water. Now, I can't imagine a coffee shop not having hot water, but that was what they charged them with, and they shut them down. And I think it was just a flexing of the muscles. In, that was in mid-July. Well, in August 2nd, 
Grace Community Church held an indoor worship service. In other words, they just said, look, this has gone on long enough. We've asked for a stay. We've asked for a stay. This is an emergency order that went on for 21 weeks. So they met inside. Now, many people had just been showing up, just coming. The doors weren't locked. So people were just coming in and sitting down and listening to uh, Pastor John MacArthur as he recorded his, his internet you know, um, uh, broadcast in, in the internet service. So when word got out that they publicly met, and it was kind of common knowledge on August the 2nd, well, August the 12th, Los Angeles County sued Grace Community Church explicitly for holding an indoor church service. The church then countersued in a Burbank court, which is a higher up court, that they have the right constitutionally to meet. So they got a ruling on August the 14th, and the judge ruled that Grace Community Church could hold indoor church services until they had a fuller hearing in court. So August 14th should have settled it, you know. All right, the judge said they're, they're okay to meet. By August 25th, which is, you know, 10, 11 days from the original court ruling that they could meet indoors, um, Los Angeles County had petitioned the judge four different times to rescind that order. And all four of those attempts were brought about within a 10-day period. So the judge just kept saying, no, I've ruled they can meet. This is just like when you're charged with a crime. You're either paroled or you're held in prison until, or in jail until you can, you can uh, get a hearing, a trial. And so the judge ruled that basically Grace Community Church is on parole. They can meet. They can do what they normally do until they go to court and have their final trial. So with that being said, Los Angeles then shifted gears since they couldn't win in court and they went to the public works department, which is your city, you know, sewer, water, trash. And Grace Community Church has a parking lot lease. And if you know anything about parking in L.A., it just don't exist. And so Grace Community Church has leased a parking lot from the city of Los Angeles since 1975. That's the year I was born. So 45 years they've had a lease on a parking lot. The city works department or the county works department said, yeah, we're terminating that lease and anything left on that lot and as of October 1st will become city property. There's no reason. There's, they've never missed a payment. They've never been late. I believe they were paying around $8,000 a week to use the spot. And so this was just, you know, this was simply retaliation by L.A.'s part because they couldn't get an injunction. Well, finally, on September 4th, and I know this is a long story, but you need to understand what's taking place. On sure. September 4th, an appellate court ruled in favor of Los Angeles County and said that, that uh, Grace Community Church needed to go back out and do outside services. Well, this was basically a Saturday night ruling, and they didn't have time to call off services, so they just went ahead and met on September the 6th and had normal church service. Well, after that September 6th meeting, they got a, a official cease and desist letter from, from L.A. County, and they were given a list of mandates that they must meet if they want to worship God. And the, the mandates were set by the county. Let me give you a list of them. Number one, they were to meet outside. Now, here's a church that owns about four city blocks and has tons of nice facilities indoors, but they were, they were mandated they must meet outside. 
they were told they must block every other parking space so you can only park half as many cars there equally spread out. They were encouraged to use bathroom visits during the service, not before and after. So they're, they're literally telling people when to go to the bathroom, and you do that while preaching's taking place. Then they said there needs to be monitors in the bathrooms who ensure that people don't get closer than six foot apart. Of course, obviously, they're to wear a mask. They were also told to get pre-registration. People were supposed to call in and say, hey, I'm going to be coming to church tomorrow and get their name on a list. Then they were to be health screened when they arrived and have their temperature taken. Then they were told there would be no singing. This is, a, this is a requirement of churches when they meet to praise God. They were forbidden to sing. The, the floors, all floor space was to be marked so that no one was close to each other. Then they were told to use disposable seat covers that were to be changed in between each service. So basically, when you look at all the mandates, it's impossible for 8,000 people to do that outdoors. You couldn't get a tent big enough to do that. It, it didn't take you all day. So MacArthur just simply said, you know, this is impossible. You've basically told us we can't have church. And so with that being said, what happened was they said, we're going to meet anyway. So last Sunday, September 13th, they met. Now, MacArthur had received, prior to the September 13th service, threats of fines for him personally and the church, as well as up to six months in jail if he preached to the congregation. But it's not just Grace Community Church. North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, racked up $112,750 in fines for meeting two weeks. They were These fines were cumulative. It was 500 for singing. It was 1,000 for being too close. It was another 5,000 for someone not wearing a mask. And it, in two weeks, it was over $112,000. Calvary Baptist Church in San Jose, California, was also fined an undisclosed amount of money for indoor services. Godspeak Calvary Chapel was fined $500 per service and racked up $3,000 in two weeks. Countless other California churches have been threatened and intimidated not to meet. I've never seen such government overreach in this country since we've been established. This is the kind of stuff you see uh, in countries where the government controls the church, not in free countries where freedom of religion exists. You know, you, it's very, very sad. I want to play a clip of what John MacArthur said on Fox News the other night. Did Gavin Newsom threaten to do anything to you personally for defying, essentially, his order? No, not personally, but uh, we received a letter with a threat that we could be fined or I could go to jail for a maximum of uh, six months. Of course, you know, my, my biblical hero, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, is the Apostle Paul. And when he went into a town, he didn't ask what the hotel was like. He asked what the jail was like because he knew that's where he was going to spend his time. So um, I don't mind being a little apostolic if they want to tuck me in a jail. I'm open for a jail ministry. I've done a lot of other ministries and haven't had the opportunity to do that one. So bring it on. That sums up what every preacher in America should. That's the stance every preacher in America should take. Bring yeah. it on. This is what God called us to do. We, we have a, a God-given right to do this. And we also have a, a legal right to do this. And so let's let's just test our constitution and see what it's worth.
Yes, and, and that's the whole thing. And you're mentioning the Constitution. You know what today is? Constitution Day. Constitution Day. And uh, it's a day that uh, most Americans do not know anything about, sadly. But the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution states that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. I mean, it's there in black and white, uh, very plain. But what's taking place in California, as you said earlier, is an absolute overreach. And they're doing this in the name of health, in the name of safety. And uh, it's just really, really difficult uh, to see. And, uh, and, and, and like you said, it's just not John MacArthur that's being affected. It's other churches that are being affected with massive fines. And um, it's, it's very troubling. And the thing that really bothers me and that really upsets me is where are the big evangelical leaders? Let's say that the SBC, uh, why isn't the president of the SBC, J.D. Greer, speaking out in support of religious liberty or even greater is why isn't dr moore russell moore who is the president of the erlc the ethics and religious liberty council why isn't he fighting helping fight his brother in christ in this religious liberty uh fight that grace community church and other churches are in uh, we need to hear from them. Grace community needs to know that, hey, we're not alone. We have help and we have support from the, the really the biggest Christian denomination in America. But there is silence, and it's very troubling to me. Why is that? Well, it's hard to explain. But let, let, let's just remind people of what took place a few years ago. There was a Muslim mosque that wanted to be built uh, right there in the vicinity of the world of uh, the, the Twin Towers. And um, people were all in an uproar. You can't do that. Do you know who came to their rescue? Do you know who came to their aid? Do you know who their biggest ally was? It was the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. And, and this is the basically the, the Washington lobbyist arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. And they were all for the building of the mosque as a freedom of religion. But if you can support that, by all means, you should be up in arms. You should be on the news every night. You should be in Washington, D.C., raising just all kinds of, of interest in what's taking place in California. And they have sat over there like church house mice and not made a peep and, and not said a thing. And I really believe it is politically motivated because I believe the, the ELRC is a very, it's become very left wing in, its, um, in what it chooses to act on and what it doesn't. Uh, they were very vocal in their opposition of President Trump. And I think that this doesn't fit their agenda, so they don't take it. And I think Southern Baptist really ought to open their eyes up and look around and go, you know, we're sending money out of every church's offering plate to this organization who's sitting on their hands when if there was ever a time for God's people to stand up and take notice in America, they haven't done it. So yeah. I would just ask you, what are you getting for your dollar, Southern Baptist? Yeah, that's, that's true. 
yeah, their, their silence is definitely not golden here. They need to speak out. And um, it, it really is troublesome to me why they are choosing to remain silent um, when there needs to be Christian voices. There needs to be the call for freedom that our Constitution stands for because the fact is, if California is going to be allowed to do this, what's going to stop uh, the next administration? Or if we have a liberal administration come in, they may find themselves in the same predicament that uh, John MacArthur has found himself in. So uh, there needs to be a voice of concern there. But let me ask you this. You know, there are some believers, uh, some Americans that believe that, well, look, what's going on in California, it is not a direct assault. It's not a direct attack on churches because these mandates also go forth to businesses as well. What would you say about that? Well, businesses are not protected under the First Amendment of the Constitution. You know, it's Constitution Day. You referenced the no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. Let's just say you could only have freedom of speech in one format. You, could, you couldn't express it in paper. You couldn't express it on the Internet. Let's just say your freedom of speech was only limited to the sound of your own voice outdoors. Hey, hey we got a health crisis going on. You know, you can't do that. The next First Amendment is or of the press. Could you imagine what would happen if we told CNN, due to some extreme measures, you can only get the word out through printed newspaper? I mean, here's a church with facilities for indoor worship in an area where the temperature reaches 110, and you want to put great-grandma and great-grandpa outside and put a mask over their face, that's more dangerous than allowing them to go inside a climate-controlled building and hear the gospel preached. So when we look at the Constitution, you're not, you don't have a constitutional right to go out and start a salon. You don't have a constitutional right to go out and start a pizza hut or a, uh, a dry cleaners. But the Constitution recognizes your right to assemble. It recognizes the right of the press. It recognizes uh, your right to petition government for grievances. If we restricted any of those other First Amendment rights, people would be up in arms. The reason being is because it's constitutionally recognized. Now, the Constitution doesn't give us our rights. They recognize that these rights are God-given. That's the key to it. The, our rights don't come from the Constitution. They come from God. We're born with inalienable rights. And so with that being said, when we look at, at people saying, well, this is not, you know, th this applies to uh, hair salons too. Well, hair salons are government regulated. You have to have a permit to cut somebody's hair. You have to go to school to do that. If you're serving food, you have to be inspected by the health department. These are government regulated businesses. The Constitution says government cannot regulate the religion. There's the key crooks of the matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what's really telling to me? As I said earlier, John MacArthur has not received any public help from uh, the big evangelical leaders, but he has received a phone call 
from President Trump. And President Trump has told him that he supported the pastor of Grace Community Church and that he believes that church is essential. I'm going to tell you that, to me, that is huge. <laughs> to yeah. use President Trump's words, that is huge. Um, because, I mean, he's declaring to the pastor, but also to the nation, really, that I believe in religious liberty. Now, the question is, if Biden was in office, how would he handle this situation? Do you think Biden would call MacArthur and say, hey, I, I'm, I'm on your side. I support religious liberty. I believe that church is essential. I don't think so. No, that's the easiest question I've ever answered in my life. Absolutely not. <laughs> now, look, we need to be careful. We're not trying to paint Trump as a saint here right. or a Sunday school teacher or even a Christian. You know, But you do not have to be a Christian to recognize other people's rights to worship. You know, I don't have to be a Muslim to recognize that Muslims have the right to assemble and worship their God in our country. I don't have to be a Hindu or a Buddhist to recognize they have the right to meet, okay? But nobody's targeting Hindus. Nobody's targeting Muslims. Nobody's targeting Buddhists. Matter of fact, nobody's targeting the rioters who are assembling without masks on, shoulder to shoulder, screaming at one another. If you think singing spreads germs, you tell me what chanting in one another's ears does right. for your health. Gavin Newsom has actually encouraged rioting and protest in California, yet he restricts and sues churches up to over $100,000 for meeting. No fines, no prosecution if you want to get out in the street and burn a cop car. This is not about public health. Let's be very clear here. This is about governmental control. And if they can control John MacArthur, I would say the foremost voice of biblical Christianity in our day, then they have the confidence they can control anybody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said, it's, it's not about health. It's not about safety. They're using this as an excuse. Uh, for instance, in Santa Clara, California, where Dr. Jack Treber is the pastor of North Valley Baptist Church, they live in a, a town of 2.1 million. As of the other day, there were 280 deaths attributed to COVID-19. 2.1 million live there, 280 deaths, and the majority of them, uh, over 100 were living in nursing homes. So the community deaths are much lower than that. But yet they're saying because of COVID-19, because of this virus, you cannot publicly worship. And that is a crying shame. They're using this virus as an excuse to try to uh, silence the church. And uh, let me ask you this. Why should we be concerned about what happens in California? We, can we just say, well, you know, California is just being California. Why should we be concerned about it? Well, number one, we're all Americans. This is something that's being lost in our time. It, it's, it's called patriotism. That's why you and I started a podcast. We're Americans. We all belong to the same country. We have the same president. If part of our country was hurting, Let's say a hurricane hits Louisiana and wipes it out completely, like the one maybe that just hit around Pensacola. Does the rest of America not send aid to Louisiana? Does the rest of America not send aid to Florida? 
When part of our country is hurting, the rest of our country rolls their sleeves up and helps them. As Americans, I'm not talking about Christians. You are an American. You may be. You may have no interest in the things of God, and somehow your your Spotify connection got stuck on our podcast, and and you're you're trying to figure out how to turn us off. You may not care a thing in the world about God or His people, but as an American, you should look at a clear infringement of your Constitution and take notice of it and say this has to be stopped. Because if 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 the freedom of religion falls. The freedom of speech falls. The freedom of speech falls. The freedom of the press falls. If the freedom of the press falls, the freedom to redress our government and get our grievances heard, that's all in the same package. And so as Americans, you ought to be in an uproar over the way your Constitution is being shredded before your very eyes by local county officials and governors. But now as a Christian, your real question was, you know, what about us Christians that are out here? It's this simple. California is a test market. It's always been a test market. It's always been a few years ahead of the rest, country, rest of the country. What's acceptable in California today will be acceptable out here in the next couple of years. If they can get away with it and pull it off and there's no outcry, Christian, you better get ready. Your local, your, your governor or your mayor is going to step up and say, hey, you know, uh, we've had a little something come up here, and so we're suspending that your constitutional rights until we deem it necessary. And the real problem, the, the real crooks of all of this, is that these are not legislative laws that are being made. These are not passed by the House and the Senate of a state or, or passed through Congress. These are one-man dictatorial rules made by a governor, made by a mayor, made by a county official. And everyone under their jurisdiction is falling under it. So, church, if you're not in an uproar and you're not supporting them, you're not calling out to your senator, you're not writing your governor, you're not making it known that this is unacceptable, it's fixing to come to your doorstep. That's right. And that's so true. You know, maybe a pastor is listening today or a church member, and they're asking, what can we do as pastors? What can we do as church members? Well, what we do every Wednesday night uh, for the past probably month and a half, two months, every Wednesday night, I inform the people about what's going on. I do not, uh, you know, just think that they're going to hear it on the news and get everything they need to hear. That's not true. So I inform the people. It's very important that your people know exactly what's going on in California. And then, so we give updates every Wednesday night, and then we pray specifically for not only these churches and these pastors, but we pray specifically for the state leaders and city leaders that are really throwing down these, these overreaching mandates. And I would encourage other churches to do, to do the same. Other pastors do the same. It's very important that we do not turn a blind eye to what's happening in California, but we are informing our church, but then praying for not only those churches, but praying for those who are in authority, as the scripture tells us to. Uh, I was talking to a, a pastor friend, Bruce Short, this week, and he made a, he made a good point that goes right along with what you said. He said years ago, 
he said, you got your news from your pastor. He said, years ago, people didn't have, you know, we weren't as connected as we are now. He said, people would go to church to hear the gospel preached, to hear God's word taught. They would also go to hear what was going on in society and how they should, you know, respond to it, to be educated on current events. And I think that's absolutely true. In reading a lot of the early church meetings, they talked about everything that was going on, public policy, laws, who's running for governor, uh, what their senators were doing. Uh, all of these things were discussed as part of a church service, as a part of, of a way of, of uh, us as pastors informing our people. We're not dictating who they vote for, but we're making things known because we can't rely on the media to accurately present and fair. Uh, Fox News can say fair and balanced all they want to. No media is truly fair and balanced. They right. are all driven by keeping uh, drama going and keeping things so that you'll watch. And so I think, it, to your point, it falls on the shoulders of the pastor, and we do the same thing. You know, we pray for churches when we hear these kind of things. Uh, it's brought up, and we pray for them, and we tell people what's going on. It's our job as pastors not just to, to teach them the scriptures, but to make sure they know what's going on in the world around them. Absolutely. That's so true. Well, man, I'll tell you what, it's, it's been a good episode and a very pertinent one that we are seeing in our time, in our day and time here in our country. And uh, I, I pray that this is used for the glory of God and that it, you know, raises up some more men and uh, some more church members, men and women, who will take a stand against this overreach and pray uh, for these churches and state leaders. I want to thank everyone for joining us here on the Patriot Pastors Podcast. We hope that you will join us again very soon.